this week's episode of Girl Walks Into a High School. Uh, this week we're talking about the bold type on ABC Family slash Freeform, which we have agreed to agree that that's like that's interchangeable. It, we're just, gonna- it just is. It, it, it There's no way to go. Yeah, like this is a very freeform show. Like this is not a show that would be on ABC Family when it called itself that, when it had family in the name. (laughs) Whatever gave you that idea? For the purposes of of having a conversation, we're just we're gonna say that they're interchangeable. Oh, for sure. Um, So what we what we've done is we've watched the first uh, six episodes. Um, I think there might be seven or eight out now, but that's, uh, you know, what we've caught up to. So we decided to stop and start talking. Um, so, the bold type. Uh, basically. Ugh, loved it. Dana loved it. And, oh, and I, I mean, I did too. I'm not saying, like, Dana loved it. Yeah, that freak I, over I, there loved it. I, however, Ariel have a, you know, no. I, I, lo- I loved it, and I told Ariel to not tell me how she felt about it until this moment. So I feel a great deal of relief. Right now, yeah, I yeah, liked it a lot. I, I, I liked it very, I liked it very much. Um, it's basically, you know, centers around three girls in their mid twenties. Um, you've got Jane, Kat, and Sutton. Jane, we've agreed, is like not a. It's a very nice name. There's but so many not, people named Jane, in like maybe just because Big Little Lies just happened, but like. Everyone is named Jane, named Jane right now, and I've never met a human being named Jane. Yeah. <laughs> Especially our age, like mid to late 20s. No. It's not a common name. Yeah, but I kind of hope it has a resurgence. I think it's pretty. Yeah, I think it's totally pretty. Um, I get why Jane Austen names herself. <laughs> yeah. She came so, out of the womb. It's like, this is the greatest person in this world that I'm writing her name is Jane. <laughs> That's why they named that character Jane, because Jane is the writer, and they were like, who's a famous lady writer? Jane Austen. I didn't think of that. I'm yeah, sure cool. that that's what it is, because yeah. people don't really think that deeply. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, she's always wanted to write at a magazine. The magazine is called Scarlet. It's um, supposed to be... It's a fictional cosmopolitan Um I guess uh, the editor-in-chief of Cosmopolitan, IRL, is a big reason why the show is actually on the air. And it's, yeah, very much, like, inspired by... I would love to know that story. Like, did she just meet a TV producer and they were like, you're fascinating? Or... I'm, I'm totally sure. Like, she she's a very big, like, public figure in that world. Like, I don't know what I was watching. It was probably on MTV. But it was a kind of like a, a reality show, like about working there i think it was just like limited run and um she's very like she's a very big personality she's very dynamic um so i'm sure like somebody was just like you're really interesting yeah i guess that makes sense and also like since the double wears prada came out like everyone's into magazines it's kind of surprising it took this long for such for a show about like behind the scenes magazine stuff to (laughs) to me to be mainstream like this but Totally. And I want to talk more about that character, but we should first talk about the girls. Mm-hmm. So we have um, Jane, Kat, and Sutton. Jane, like we said, is a writer, has always wanted to be a writer. She's just got promoted and she's like the youngest mm-hmm. on the team. Kat is the like social media director. Pretty impressive. And Sutton is uh, an assistant. 
to, I don't know, like, who is she the assistant to? At first it, I thought it seems the it's, editor. Yeah, I thought so too, or like the associate editor, but whoever she is, is the person who's responsible for the events at the magazine. So if anyone's listening knows who that person is, if it's like an actual title or what, her name is Lauren and she's, she's a higher up. I mean, she walks around with Jacqueline, who's the editor in chief of the magazine a lot. So she could be an associate editor. It's not, she's, she's clearly very, very important is the point. And Sutton is clearly an excellent assistant. Um, and that's actually something that I really, without going on too much of a tangent, cause I'm sure we'll talk about it more, but like, that's something I really love about the show is that at least one of them is like still at an entry level position three years into their jobs. Um, yeah, it's nice, it's nice to see like someone yeah. still struggling a little <laughs> bit. Just like, let's look at these super successful girls who are your age and then compare it to where you are in life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. I, it made sense to me that like they'd gotten these jobs right out of right out of college or maybe a year out of college, they were assistants at this magazine and then they all kind of moved up. It it seemed, I mean, it's all TV reality. So it's like, so, I mean, obviously like, I don't think that you would go from being an assistant to being a writer for the magazine necessarily. I think there might be a middle step in between. I don't think that Kat would go from being an assistant to being the social media director. Again, maybe there was an in-between step that we didn't know about, but I do think that it's kind of cool that they all started as assistants. One of them is still an assistant. I think they did. I, I think that of the shows that are out right now, they're doing the most realistic job. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and especially in, um, that like field that deals a lot with like, um, that demographic and, um, and social media and fashion, like this stuff is probably going to be a lot of 20 somethings, you know? Yeah, Um, for sure. For sure. I mean, I, I, so my like day job, uh, when I'm not doing theater is catering. And one of my, one of like my company's clients is a pretty major magazine publishing company. And so I've done a lot of like magazine luncheons and they look like the girls who are working at those magazines, maybe a little more fabulously dressed, like a little more edgily dressed. And, um, cause they kind of just dress more calmly, I guess you could say, yeah. but they have the hair, they have the, the like, the makeup they look like the people that i'm seeing in new york so it's cool That's yeah really they cool. did a good job i think for sure uh, so let's talk just briefly about like the girls the girls's personalities sure. a little bit um because this is definitely like a trifecta um so jane jane like i said like she's she's has this huge goal um, she's always wanted to be a staff writer for this magazine. It was almost, she describes it as like a replace, like a mother figure, like replacement because her mom died, um, when she was kind of young. Um, so she would always turn to this magazine for like advice and stuff mm-hmm. that you would normally get from a mom. Would you say that she's an A-type personality? I don't know what I would say she is as far as what type she is. I would just say that she's like a really great example of the neurotic millennial. Like she was driving me crazy so many times in the show when she was like, Oh my God, like I just really want to make sure that I'm impressing everyone. And I was like, Oh my God, girl, you have to settle down. And then I was like, I'm literally ill right now because I'm anxious about going to school tomorrow. (laughs) Like I think, as sometimes frustrating as it can be, she's a great reflection on so many 
unconfident, anxiety-ridden millennials. I don't know if she's type A. I don't know if she's type B. She doesn't seem to be naturally decisive, but she does have balls. It's, it's, um, she's hard to pin down as far as how, um, she's really driven, but I don't know how ambitious she is, if that makes sense. Like she knows what she wants and she tries to get it, but she's not particularly, like, I would say that Sutton is a type A personality. Okay. Yeah. I think. And I would say Kat's a type A personality. I, yeah, I mean, I agree with what you're saying about how she was annoying you, like, when, in, especially in the first two episodes, when she was like, I just want, I just want to give the editor, like, what she wants, like, what do you want, tell me what to do, I, I, I want to do this, and she was like, don't, like, just calm down, first of all, and second mm-hmm. of all, give me what you think is good, not what you think I'm going to like, and it's right. probably going to be better, and she, like, could not get that concept, yeah. and I was like, she just, like, calm down because like this isn't working you know like that was kind of frustrating yeah Um, I think it's really really accurate like I think that's something that a lot of people do and I think maybe that's why I'm so frustrated by it because I was like I've been there girl I've done that just trust me they always just want you to be you Uh, I think Jacqueline is an amazing character and I think we uh, will we'll get back to her because I have a lot to say about her as a character I think Melora Harden is amazing Um, She's incredible. Uh, But that's, so that's Jane. She's writing. She's trying really hard. She kind of wants to be this like political, um, writer who adds a lot of depth to Scarlet. And she ends up being basically being a sex columnist from a feminist perspective. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, at least in the episodes we watched. Yeah. I didn't fully get the impression that she wanted to specifically be a a political writer. She just wants to write things like that have some value that have some importance and that, you know, there's kind of like, I would say just from what I know, like of magazines, which like isn't much, um, there's two tiers of, of writing and one is like, you know, you, I wouldn't even call them tiers. There's just two sections in a writer's room of a magazine. And one is like, you talk about, you know, the politics and like big button issues. The other one is the, the a little bit more like, um, less, like serious, you know, maybe like the sex columnist or like the, the talking, you know, to a celebrity or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she wants to be in the former category. Right. Not but like, side. but like, I felt like, yeah. And that was so short sighted of her because she's not going to be the new, like person that they ask to cover very important topics when she's the youngest writer on the staff and it's her first pitch. Like she, yeah, like it, in the first, I want to say it's the first episode where she has to, she has that task that's the assignment that's um how to stalk your unstalkable ex and she's like oh i'm a how-to girl this isn't the legacy i want to leave which is again i think it's something that is so um it's something that we're that we as 20 somethings are really taught is that every single thing that you do is the most important thing you're gonna do and so we don't i think that as a generation we're not capable as much of playing the long game as other generations in the past have been. And I think some of that comes from not like being buried under student loans. Like we, we need to get to the next paycheck so that we can pay for those things. Um, not really being able to think about how we might be able to buy a house someday. Cause it's not really something we can think about. Not, you know, we, we were raised in an environment where our current thoughts and our current needs 
are the only thing that we have any control over. So we all really focus on them. And so I think that Jane is really emblematic of kind of the millennial struggle, even though she's doing a great job and she's getting really successful. Like these three girls in their own way are each a different representation of a different millennial issue. And Jane's is that she cannot see the forest for the trees. Like she's just so close. I would, I would even add to that, like the social media issue of today and that like, even though she is really successful, like in the past, you know, you write an article in a magazine and like maybe people that, you know, will see it now. It's like, that's going to be online. And then if you write, you know, your, your mom is going to put it up on Facebook and, you know, and people that, you know, are going to see it and you don't want people like, Oh, what if my friends in high school think that I'm just a how to girl, you know, like they don't know I can write all this awesome, like worldly coverage, you know? And so That would be my concern too, you know? No, that's a totally fair point that I didn't even think about. I mean, every single time, I don't know if this happens in other industries, but I know that as someone who has a creative background, who's in theater, every single time I see my friends and generally it's my other like friends who studied theater, the question that you're, that you're always asked is, is not, are you happy? You know, what are your, what are your goals? How are you feeling? It's always, what are you working on right now? So if the answer to what are you working on right now is I'm writing a how to column about how to stalk people. Yeah. It's not as impressive as I'm working towards becoming the next Christiana Amanport. Like it's just a different, I didn't even think about that, but you're so right. It's there's, um, there's such instant, there's such instant, um, possibility for people to judge you. And we were, uh, yeah, we're, you're right. Wow. That really, that yeah. changes the way I look at her. And then actually I, I was frustrated by her kind of, uh, impatience, but, um, now I'm, now I'm like, yeah, I get that. Like I would be embarrassed yeah. too. You, you, yeah. you, you're bragging about how you're a writer and suddenly you're like a how-to girl. I understand why that might be a bummer. Yeah. It's not even like people like our age. It's also like, you know, our parents, friends and stuff like that. And they ask you what you do and like, what work you've done, like millennials are so looked down upon that if mm-hmm. you can't be impressive, you feel like you're representing the whole of your generation. You're so which right. Sucks. Yeah, <laughs> it's terrible because people ask you what you're doing and you say, you know, well, I mean, I mean, for like, I'll use myself as an example. So I have a theater major. I graduated um, from a good school with good grades. Um, with a theater major, which means that I'm not going to be making money doing what I'm doing because I'm, I was never a person who like was going to be on Broadway. And whenever I see my parents, friends, and they're asking me like, Oh, what are you doing right now? And I say, Oh, my job is in catering and I'm working towards this, this, and this. And there's always that kind of pause of like, well, you'll get there. And it's like, I'm doing fine. I'm doing exactly what I want to be doing. At the same time that that was happening, I was applying to grad school and now I'm going to grad school. And since I got into school, being able to be like, oh, I'm going to grad school in the fall. People, all of the, the the baby boomers are just kind of sitting up straighter, and they're like, oh, you're finally, you're you're gonna get somewhere now. And I can already tell that, you know, I'm gonna graduate grad school in May, and by June, it's gonna be like, so, why aren't you a booming success? Because the success rate for baby boomers was much quicker. You know, we inherited a garbage job market, a garbage economy, and people who can't who can't and won't retire, and like. I feel, yeah, I feel a lot of kinship with these women because I think they're really busting their butts. And I think that the conversation of finances that they have so much in the series is so interesting. Like how Sutton, she gets that job in ad sales and she decides not to take it because she wants to follow her dreams. But she has that whole episode where she's struggling with that because she wants to like 
have financial stability. <laughs> yeah, that was like really refreshing for me because oh, you see so refreshing. girls with like really, you know, pretty stable and impressive jobs and they're living in apartments and me, I mean, you're, you're also doing that, but you know, with other people and you know, like two of them are roommates and then one has like her own place, I guess. And it's kind of like, well, shit, that would be awesome, you know? But mm-hmm. then it was really refreshing to see one of them, like, kind of struggle with that. And- yeah, and it was also refreshing to see her... It was also so refreshing to see them talk about the fact that one of them had a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what it's like in L.A., but in New York, I would say 30 to 40% of people our age have their apartments paid for at least some by their parents. Um. And there's kind of this like weird struggle between the people whose parents help pay their bills and the people who don't, because yeah. a lot of people whose parents help help them are uh, not aware that that's not something that everybody else gets. Yeah, I'm very lucky. My friends who have that situation are like, I'm a really lucky person that this is the way my life is going. But um, I love that they were like, Cat doesn't have to worry about these things. Like I do, <laughs> they were just so honest about that. It was such a yeah. realistic and refreshing thing. Well, let's talk about. I mean, we've talked about Jane. Let's talk about Sutton a little bit more. Oh, um, I love her. She's my favorite. Sutton is my favorite too. <laughs> she's the best, right? Like she's just amazing. I, I love her voice. Like I could just listen to her talk. You're I don't telling know what me. What is it? I don't is know. It, I don't know what it is. But you know what? You know who she is. Actually, this might help explain it. Okay. So she actually is a. Broadway actress and singer who was the, whose uh, first job was not first job, but kind of her like little claim to fame is that she was the original portrayer of the daughter character in the musical next to normal, Oh, uh, which won the Pulitzer in, I want to say 2009. Oh, so she's a singer. So that would kind of like her voice is just dropped where it's supposed to be. She clearly has training. So maybe that's it. I need to know that. I love her hair. It's so shiny. She's so she's so pretty, but like looks like a human being that we would all know. We're obsessed with her. I, I, I love her. <laughs> love her. <laughs> um, she's amazing, and I'm really. I was like when I didn't like her for the first maybe ten minutes of the pilot because that relationship with Richard, the lawyer guy. Yeah, I was just like, ugh, great one of these. But in I want to say it's in just the second episode, whenever the Scarlet Sixty gal is, and she's like. I'm worth more than just being a side piece. This isn't for me. Mm-hmm. She says she has a level of self-confidence that's amazing. And she's, she's so funny. And um, her self-confidence is like within the realm of possibility. And she also understands that she has to bust her ass. Like, I just think she's great. Yeah. It took me a minute for like her in that relationship for me to be like, you go girl. But like, I just kind of had to like get used to it a little bit. Like, yeah, she, She's willing to let it go if she needs to, but she really does like him. And it's not the best, like, circumstance, but there's really nothing wrong with... I mean, I don't want to say there's nothing wrong with them dating. Like, within their, you know, workplace is not a great situation. But, like, other than that... Yeah. I, I, it just took me a minute to be like, this is, okay. this is cool. This is all right. Yeah, but I think that you just really hit on why it's okay. Because she's willing to let it go if she needs to. There's not the de- codependency that, like, you have in Pretty Little Liars with Arya and Ezra. Where it's very uncomfortable because she's so much younger than him. And there's a level of, of extreme need. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, Sutton and Richard, Sutton might be sad about it. But if, it, if he got in her way in any way, shape, or form, she would walk away from it tomorrow. 
Yeah, and I don't feel like there's much of a power struggle there. Like, no. even though he's higher up and, you know, he's like, oh, he's a lawyer. You know, I don't feel like there's a there's a problem there at all. So yeah, and he's, he's like, I want to support. What I loved was when she was like, I carry around a $100 bill in my bag. I have it with me right now just in case I fail and I need to buy a ticket home. And instead of him being like, I won't let that happen. You'll come live with me and be a kept woman. He was just like, I believe that you can do this. Yeah. I think their relationship is great. I think in general, actually, one of the things that the show does really, really beautifully is that they, all the characters around them, even if they're challenging or tricky, no one is a bitch to these people. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone in the show is really supportive and kind and good. No one is just bad for the sake of being bad. And no one is condescending or judgmental of these women's skills. They're just like... Yep, you're here. Even you have like Oliver and Lauren who might be a little challenging or tricky, but when Sutton's like, I want the job, Lauren, and I need your help getting there, she's like, okay, cool, let's get you that job. Yeah, I thought it was so, so great when like, because there was a big event that week, week and Lauren was like, do not talk to me about this right now. And I was like, oh, that sucks because you're coming from Sutton's perspective and you get that Sutton wants this to happen right now. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's just, I need to get going on this and there's an opening and Lauren's like, no. And you're like, oh, Lauren sucks. But then after like <laughs> that like, three-day period, I was so like, it was so cool when Lauren was just like, okay, like, let's sit down and talk about it now. And I was like, oh, like, she's kind of like not like a sucky person to work for, but she's not like outrageously awful, you know? Yeah. I think it's, I think it's really amazing that they've made a very conscious choice to have very little conflict as far as like fights with other people in the office. The conflict is because they get in their way or life happens. Like, which, which is awesome because so few of us, I just think it's a really good lesson to teach young girls, myself included, to remind us that I felt so, so blessed to be checked like that. Cause I was like, Oh, right. I'm the one who gets in my way or sometimes things just don't work out and that's okay. You move on. That's something I've been thinking about a lot lately is like, okay, how am I getting my own way? And I want to be aware of that, but at the same time, I don't know the answer. <laughs> like, can somebody tell me how I'm getting in my own way? Because I realize that might be a problem. I just don't know where. <laughs> you need yourself a Jacqueline. She'll tell you. Jacqueline's yeah. the best. My favorite thing that Jack, oh, she's we just so wonderful. Before we get to Jacqueline. Though. Okay. Stay tuned, okay. Jacqueline. I'm coming for you, baby. <laughs> so yeah, Sutton's wonderful. I love her. I think she's great. I love her trajectory. Blah, blah, blah. Cat. How we feel about cat? We feel good about cat. I I see. So where we left off is right after uh, the the episode where we find out that Jane is a carrier for breast cancer, um, which is a really sad and beautiful episode. And I can't believe they dealt with that. Like how incredible! Like what an incredibly important thing to talk to young women about. Anyway, that's not about cat though. The point is that where we left off with cat is this weird space where. Uh, Adina, who's kind of, who's her love interest, um, has gone to Paris to be with her girlfriend and they're still texting. And I'm, I can only imagine that in later episodes, that's going to blow up in her face one way or the other. And she's going to have to actually deal with that. So I think right now I'm a little bit, uh, my perspective of Kat is a little bit colored by the fact that I think she's making bad decisions, but (laughs) I, again, I like her a lot. I don't like her as much as I like Sutton, but I think she's, I really appreciate that all three of these characters are really fleshed out and that she's having her own struggle where she doesn't know what her sexuality is and nobody's giving her a hard time about it. She's just like dealing with it as she goes. Yeah. And, I, um, 
in lesser shows, other characters would be like, okay, well, you need, like, what, what is it? What are, what are you? And that would be more of, like, her, it would be more of, like, her struggle and, like, trying to answer these questions, mm-hmm. which show, like, she is trying to do, but the, it's not, that's kind of come secondary to, like, how she feels about Adina, you know? Like, that's yeah. what, as opposed to, like, like say like announcing like okay this is what I am now you know she's just kind of like going with how she feels which I think is really cool yeah and what else is cool about her what, what what's actually really cool about all of them is that they all have their their romantic relationships Jane has Pinstripe and Sutton has Richard and um Kat has Adina but the show is about how they actually survive their jobs and their ambitions. And Kat, I think, is a great example of that because while all this stuff is happening with Adina and it's stuff, it, none of, it never gets distracting for her. She's going through a time where she's really trying to figure out her sexuality and she's along for the ride. But the focus of her on the show and the focus of all of them on the show is what they're doing career-wise and how their friendship is affected by their day-to-day actions. I thought that Kat had a really, really great, amazing storyline when she, um, I don't even remember what, oh, it was, it was the tweet about virtual reality where she was like, women d- deserve to not get motion sickness from virtual reality. And she started getting trolled and, and threatened with rape online. That was like, I was kind of shocked that they were like, we're two or three episodes in, let's go for it. Yeah. And yeah. I, they go for things. Um, I think my favorite storyline with her so far was when she was kind of shitting on um, Soul Cycle, and then she, you know she actually had to do it for an event. And <laughs> yeah, she got really into it, and that's when she was like, "Okay, I'm gonna." I yeah, like I don't know. I liked that part of like when she was at Soul Cycle. Thought that was really like a great performance from her. But I have to say that like around that time, I was also really frustrated with her character because she was like kind of just waiting to hear back from Adina. Adina was like, I'm going to break up with my girlfriend. Clearly that's something I need to do. Cause I have feelings for you. So, um, I, I gotta do that before we talk again. And, um, Kat was like just at work waiting for a text from Adina and she wasn't getting it. And then she just like got really upset all of a sudden. And then she texts her and she was like, I can't do this. I'm sorry. I'm just like, what are you doing? Just well, like- that's, that's, that's how Kat is, right? So Kat is crazy impulsive. You know, when Adina was being held up, she was like, we're all going to tweet about how a woman is being held against her will. Sure. Like, hashtag free Adina. And everyone was like, hey, Kat, that's not a good idea. You need to think your thoughts through. You know, when she typed, like, this, this lesbian shit is insane and tweeted it accidentally, you know? She's crazy impulsive, and that's what gets in her way. Which is a great character flaw because it's something that everybody has dealt with at one point or another. And it's usually people who are impulsive are just impulsive. And she always realizes it's a mistake and they've kind of tamped it down. Um, it's so difficult to watch her. Like after the soul cycle, she oh, yeah. back and she's like, okay, no, I, I like you. I'm all in. And Adina's like, I'm going back, back to Paris. And I'm like, Guys, like, this is all, this seems like it's all happening in the course of, like, two days. Like, yep. calm down on your decisions. Like, stop to think for a little while. Mm-hmm. Like, and then this wouldn't be so complicated. It was, like, it was really frustrating. Right, and now they're texting all the time that they're in Paris, which is just, like, not cool on anybody's part. So, I I mean, we only watched six episodes. I'm assuming that in a couple of episodes, someone, like, probably Sutton or Jane, Jane's a little bit of a temper tantrum thrower, is going to be like, what are you doing? Knock it off. Yeah. But at the no, same time, that might be the show's fatal flaws that they're also supportive of each other. I mean, it'll be interesting to see if they ever fight. Um, 
Oh yeah, I'm totally. I'm sure they will. I mean, they've had like a, a little, little fight already. Um, so I'm sure they will. And I, I, yeah, I hope that they can give each other like tough love. I hope so too. I think that's like one of the best things about uh, really good friendships is when somebody can be like, "Look, I love you, but just so you know, what you did X, Y, and Z was really stupid." Yeah, for you sure. Know? I mean. I, yeah, but what I think is great about Kat and what I think will be kind of Kat's legacy is like that when she was dealing with her sexuality, everyone was just like, okay, cool. You let us know. Yeah. (laughs) And that was that. And she definitely had some inner struggle where she was like, nope, I'm straight. I can't be gay. I'm not gay. Right. Like I have to be straight. Right. Like I'm straight. And, um, that was the, the height of her anxiety about it. And I hope that that's emblematic of us moving forward as a culture where people, think about it and they, they have questions and then they figure it out and it's not as um, painful as it has been in the past. And I like that we're showing that, I like that the show is taking the time to show that that's one way to come out and, and one way to figure out your sexuality is not with a giant coming out party, but with just kind of being like, cool, I'm going to date this person because I like them. Yeah, it'd be really cool if like uh, we kind of developed like an LMK like a movement or whatever, you know, like when, when someone's like, Hey, you want to hang out later? And she's like, Oh, I'm not sure. Like I have stuff going on, but I might be able to. And the other person's like, okay, LM, like, let me know. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know? So like, if you're kind of like thinking about it and you're not sure what you're doing, your friends can just be like, all right, like, let me know when <laughs> you're good. You know? And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's, cool. that's kind of my feeling on Kat is I think she's really great. I think she's important. She's, She's not my favorite to watch because I think she's making bad choices right now, but I think she's great. Yeah. Okay. I think she'll be fine. Okay. So now... Can we talk about Jacqueline now? (laughs) She's the queen of my life. (laughs) So I, I mean, the first thing that really hit me about this show, like the very first thing was that I just think that it's so cool and refreshing that the editor-in-chief of this magazine isn't a... um, a Meryl Street, you know, like, evil, meanie person. Like, right. that's just so refreshing. And obviously, you know, I learned that it's based off of the actual editor and she from an actual newspaper. She would obviously not want to be depicted, you know, as, like, a Devil Wears Prada kind of thing. Right. Um, so, like, that makes sense that they didn't do that. But it is still, like, really refreshing to watch this powerful woman, you know, this woman in a place of power mm-hmm. who isn't a total you know, isn't a bitch, you know, and she wants to support her team and her staff. And like, she, she needs to get shit done. But at the same time, like, she's not gonna like murder anyone. (laughs) And, and she's, I, yeah, I just, I mean, I was so expecting, cause like the, so the trailers for the bold type were, um, overlaid by the speech that Melora Hardin, that Jacqueline, um, makes at, at the gala where she's like, I want you to unleash holy hell on anyone who tries to hold you back. And when I was watching it, I, I remember thinking, well, this is a really great act that she's putting on. She's going to change. Like she has to be a devil wars prototype because that's how we're conditioned to expect female bosses to behave in pop culture. That is so true. And I, I kept waiting for the first like two episodes. I was crazy suspicious. I was like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know when it's going to get revealed that she's embezzling or that she's, you know, I don't know when the mean moment is going to come yeah. for her. And it hasn't come yet. 
and it's it's so amazing it's 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 actually downright moving and it's um I, I actually, I paused the show at one point because Gabe was walking through and he's like, oh, is this for the, the show? And I was like, yeah, we're watching the show. And he asked me how it was and I paused it and I was like, I just really can't even begin to tell you how much this show would have meant to me and I probably would have uh, would have changed my perspective on so many things if I could be watching this when I was 18 and like entering the workforce because I, I approached it as a 27-year-old with a lot of suspicion <laughs> and I can't, um, I, I I think it's it's downright revolutionary in a, in a in a way. I I love her. I love that they made her um happily married with children and a dog. Yeah, like she has a balanced life. Mhm. Um which is not something that you see from like 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 people in power in you know the workforce in media, you know, you always see people who are like especially women. Yeah, always be closing. You have to work twice as hard as everybody else. If you want to succeed, you're going to be here, you know, before the sun comes up and you're going to still be in your office after the sun comes down, you're not going to have a life that you want to succeed. And it's like, that's really toxic. And like, well, that, um, yeah, like that's a way to do it at the, it's not the only way to do it and it's not a healthy way to do it. So it's really awesome to like, see this powerful woman who, not only isn't a bitch, she has it figured out and she's like leading a cool balanced yeah. life. She's a, and she's a great leader. Yeah. I think it's actually a real feat that, um, they've managed to make someone who's the editor in chief of a magazine who is a kind leader who's also never feels like she's weak. I think we kind of sway in this pendulum of women where they're either cold, but they get the job done, but they're mean, or they're like nice, but ineffectual. And I love that she's like, nope, bumbling. this is what I stand for. For The, like, nice, girls are, the nice girls are always bumbling and yeah. incompetent. Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, I love that she's just, she's steady and she knows what she wants and she knows what the magazine needs. And she, she stands up for things. And when Kat messes up, she's like, Kat, what the hell? Like the fact that Kat gets that she bails Kat out of jail when she punches that guy. And she's not, I mean like Kat could, could easily have been fired like four times by a, by a lesser leader. But the fact that this woman is like, let's talk about this. You're very good at your job, but what's going on with you? I'm worried about you. Like that's the kind of leader that we should all aspire to be male or female. And it's, it's, it's a very, um, uncommon thing, especially on television, especially about women. Yeah. I think it's going to be, I just, I hope this will like do something for like girls entering the workforce, because I think a lot of them have to think, think that they have to be like, like that, like really cold and, you know, harsh and, and mean to especially their other female coworkers. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't like, nobody's winning there. That doesn't have to be a thing. Like why, why be awful? You know, like to, are you trying to look better? Like in the eyes of your male coworkers, are you trying to just succeed in general? And you think that you have to be mean to do that. It's like, is it some sort of extension from high school? Cause you're like a mean popular girl, you know, like I think it'll be really cool to be like, no, like this is someone, um, who's the boss and <laughs> she's not like, uh, you know, Quinn from Glee. Like she's, she's not, mm-hmm. 
you know, you have to be mean to be successful. And I think, I hope that is, (laughs) I hope that's a thing that like is a thing. Yeah. I'm just so scared that this show is going to be a flash in the pan, kind of rare bird. And then we're going to go back to our horrible stereotypes of what women can and should be on TV. Like, I, I, I want this show to be this revolutionary thing that changes the way we write women on TV. And I'm so scared that it won't be because people hate change. But this show is so it's it's just it's just beautiful and it's so simple and it, it addresses these like little feminist little feminist, that's so condescending, but like these like small moments of, of everyday feminism, of being trolled on the internet, which I think pretty much any woman who's ever logged onto the internet and expressed an opinion has been uh, attacked for it at some point. Um, the, the moment where, when, when Jane writes that article about um, the stripper and she, 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 she gets sued for it and she has to kind of, and she's like, I hailed you as a, as a, a beacon of feminism. Why aren't you grateful? And it's like, because what you do has repercussions. And yeah, oh, I, <laughs> I have one other thing to say. You talk. Okay. I had, I had a moment. That was, um, I feel like a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? That episode, I think really touched, was like their way of like touching on things to come because this show really does like feminism is always like bubbling under like whatever is going on in this show. Um, and I, you know, when I started watching this, I was like, that's going to be really hard because feminism is a hard concept, you know, like not only are there people against it and very verbally against it, but it's also just, you know, even if people weren't, uh, you know, against it for some crazy reason, um, it's, it's hard to grasp onto because we're kind of in this wave of like figuring out what it is, you know, Mm -hmm. so many times online, I see people being like, this is feminism, like do this. And then somebody saying, um, actually that's, you know, it doesn't include, you know, that's not inclusive or that, you know, think about it this way. It's actually not, you know, and it's, we're still getting a hold of it. And so to have this show where that's such a big theme, I was like, that's going to be really hard and it can be really easy to mess up and get like a backlash online saying, Hey, you said this was feminism and you lauded this as something that your character was like proud that they did. But like, what about this? And what about this? Like, that's not, that's fake feminism. It's not feminism at all. Yeah. And like I, when, like when Jane yells at her and is like, you're a stripper. And it's like, and she's like, oh God, I can't believe I said that. You're so right. Yeah. That's like, I think that episode was a very, was them saying like, Hey, like we might mess up thinking that we're doing good, you know? And that's, you know, we're learning just like Jane, you know, is learning how to do her job and how to write on this topic. I think it was really, really clever way to say, like, yeah, like, this is what we're talking about, but, um, you know, we, we might get it wrong thinking that we're getting it right, you yeah. know? And in that episode, too, I think Jacqueline says probably one of the most important things that you can ever tell anybody, and um, I hope that, you know, and, and it's kind of the thesis statement of her whole character, but she says when Jade's like, I'm so sorry that I did this, Jacqueline, she's like, this is what happens when you're a writer. You fail. And then you, you keep going. That's what makes you a writer is that you fail and you keep going. And we don't really talk about failure that much. 
we kind of pretend it's that's like what happens like failure is the thing that happens at the end you fail and you, you do something completely different like people fail on a on a constant basis you fail all the time being okay with failure is what set, sets you up for success and what an important lesson to teach people and as like a feminist jane made a mistake and that's okay because it doesn't make her not a feminist. It makes her someone who's learning. And that's a really important thing to teach people is that like you need to open your mind a little bit and realize that nobody is perfect and the presumption of perfection is a bad idea. Nobody except Jacqueline is perfect. Jacqueline <laughs> is perfect, though. I, mean, like, I just might... want it noted that Jacqueline is perfect. That needs there to be stated for the record. Episode. There might come an episode where she messes up. I just don't believe it. I, I'm Keep sorry. Here. I don't. And if she does mess up, she's going to literally stand there and be like, yes, I made a mistake, but I stand by my mistake and nothing bad will happen to her because she's perfect. Yeah. (laughs) She's going to own it. Um, uh, okay. So let's, do you have anything? Yeah. What, what other things? I have have a bunch of other things. Um, is there anything else you want to say about Jacqueline? I just love her. I'm sure I'll bring her up like 45 more times. She's great. She's the best. Was she on, see, and I should know this, like being me. Was she on Lost? I can't. Melora Hardin? Yeah. No, she's from The Office, babe. No, but she was something before that, too. She's so. on Transparent, or she was on Transparent. She was. Melora Hardin's been on a lot of stuff. I don't know if she's been yeah. on Lost, but she's amazing, and I'm so happy that she's got this, this part because she makes me feel safe. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe it was Office that I was thinking about. So, like, The Office and Lost were definitely, like, my two top shows. <laughs> so maybe I just accidentally switched them out. Um, can we talk about... Um, there's just so many things I want to talk about. What about Alex, the guy reporter who, like, is just their friend and supports them and kind of has a crush on Sutton, but was like, well, if you weren't dating someone, I would totally try to kiss you, but oh well. Yeah, I was so curious about him at the beginning. I was like, is he just going to be, like, their friend and he's kind of a secondary character and I was kind of like questioning myself like I kind of want them to have like a guy friend it's, and have that be like funny. more of a main character but then and then I was like but why like why do I feel like they need that there needs to be a guy character isn't it so funny that every single thing that you would expect a show to do like we got because sus- I had the same thing I was like I'm suspicious of this kid he likes yeah. one of them because that's what we're, we're ingrained to expect and it's so funny that the show actually really tilts you and and you're like i don't know what to do because you're not you're this person's supposed to be like crying in the and like in love with them and that we're supposed to be rooting for them to get together but he was like ah, i'd kiss you but we're still supposed to like richard and sutton together there's nothing indicating that we're not yeah yeah for sure Ugh, I was the show was amazing is he just gonna be there to help them out when they need it, or is he gonna take on kind of a bigger part? I kind of want him to take on a kind of a bigger part. I think he is that. though. I mean, he was really, really like tertiary, and he actually was really he participated a lot in Sutton's storyline this past episode, and he's always there to help Jane out. I mean, he just seems like a nice person who's like again a beautiful, supportive tertiary character who has like a crush on Sutton, but understands that she's seeing someone. Yeah, it's great. I mean- I you love that it's a straight dude who's just like a friend. Yeah, I, yeah, I like. I right right now I'm like totally. I do think he's incredibly charismatic, and I would love to see more of him. But I think it's. Yeah. I, I kind of think it's cool because it reminds me of all of those like lady office characters. Yeah, where they're just kind of there to support our intrepid heroes on their journey, and you know think, they don't have that much going on. And I think the main reason maybe why I was keeping an eye on him was because I was like, okay, like. 
these guys are cute, like, you know, that they're dating, but I'm not really crushing on any of them. I was like, I kind of could crush on him, but yeah. he's not seeing it enough. And I was like, well, maybe he will be, you know, so. It feels like they are setting him up to come back more and more. Like, I feel like they kind of figured out that he's super charismatic and cute and that they're they're building him up. Because it, unless this episode was Sutton was just kind of a random episode for him. Yeah, I don't think I don't I don't think you can just do that and be like, oh, I'll see him seven episodes later. You know, yeah. like no, he's he's there pretty consistently. I like him a lot. Um, uh, so, I like him a lot. I love that they talked about breast cancer, like in twenty yeah, somethings. It's really funny because um, I'm actually watching The Fosters as well, and I'm not like uh, I'm not current. Like I'm watching it on Netflix. But the same like few days within the same few days that I watched that episode where Jane goes in. Um, to get, like, tested, um, that something really similar also happened on the Foster. So I was like, hmm. it's really weird. It's, like, the same, you know, it's freeform. And so they're just, I guess, definitely big uh, advocates of, like, going in to get checked. And I was like, it's funny that I saw it in the same week, but it was mm-hmm. like, it just, um, that was so impressive because on a lesser show, she would have gotten tested and that would have been the great breakthrough moment. And then they would have been like, you're fine. You don't have it. And it would have been like, cool, but you faced your fear. And they had kind of an anticlimax where she was like, I'm facing my fear. And then they were like, yeah, you have the, the, the mutation. Yeah. You're going to be fine, but you have the mutation just so you know. Um, I thought that was a really, a really bold choice for the bold type. <laughs> you know what else is a bold choice? Um, <laughs> The episode where Jane was given um, a prompt for writing that she wasn't exactly comfortable with, um, and she Ugh. was <laughs> she was supplied with, um, with beads, and um, then she I was thinking about you during this part. She like gets them stuck, I guess, or oh yeah, like, the 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 um the egg thing. The, the Gwyneth Paltrow egg thing. Yeah, yes, so yes. she's... So we don't have to be cryptic about it. We should assume that people who are listening have watched the show. So the episode where she, like, has to talk about improving her orgasm and she confesses that she didn't... She's never had one and she gets that egg stuck in her vajayjay. Which, yeah. God bless Kat for pulling it out. I, That's what I, was I was like, I don't know if I have a friend that would do that for I would me. do that for you. You would? Of course. Thank you. Welcome. But I loved when she was, that was right when Kat was trying to figure out if she was like into women sexually and she like looked down at Jane's vagina and she's like, wow, the female form is beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) And Jane was like, you know what? Just stop. Just like, just get it out. She was like, please just get Uh, it out. But I mean, I thought that was amazing. I loved that they talked about the fact that like not all women have orgasms and we should be talking about it more. Yeah. Like that's um, not necessarily like the no- I don't well I don't I don't know statistically like she says in the show but like it's not it's not a given that you know every, that's a, every female's uh, experience you know mm-hmm. so and, and there was no like shaming of any of her past lovers which I thought was great there was no like oh well you know they they didn't know what they were doing it was just like all right let's figure out what works for you mm-hmm. I will say, though, that when she was watching porn, she was on something called, like, studvids.com. And it's like, girl, have you not heard of OMG? Yes. There's a whole website for ladies. And you definitely should be on that one. Because you're yeah. a little uppity. She doesn't know. Yeah. No. But I thought, I, yeah, I thought, I thought it was great. And, like, and then she met that guy who knew what he was doing. <laughs> yeah. And then he wrote about it, which is, I mean, contributing within, you know, this fictional world. And so saying, like, you know, sometimes girls have a... You know, bro. Yeah, it's like everyone in the show is a 
everyone in the show except for these trolls who are awful to Kat are everyone who directly interacts with these women are allies of these women. They want these women to succeed. It's not that they go out of their way to make them succeed, but everybody it's this great presumption that people are inherently good, that everybody just wants the best for everybody else. And they've created this weird fictional world where people aren't awful to each other just because they can be like pinstripe is supportive of Jane and thinks she's talented and like goes to her, goes to her panel. And that guy talks over her and mansplains, but nobody blames her for that. Everyone's like, don't worry about it. We understand that you're a child and you're going to get better. Um, or well, not that she's a child, but just that she's new. Yeah. That's what I meant. Like a baby in journalism. Yeah. Um, And that guys, guys blame, you know? Yeah. And that men talk over you and they, they get really offended when they are interrupted, even though they interrupt all the time. (laughs) (sighs) Uh, Okay. So (laughs) guys, I I just want to say that if anybody is listening to this podcast, who hasn't watched the bull type and you're like, Oh, I'll just listen to this instead of watching it. Like you should be watching this show. It's really good. Watch it. It's on Hulu. Like it's the whole thing. Yeah. It's entertaining. Like you're not going to like regret that time for sure. What you're a guy or a girl. Like I Mm -hmm. think, I don't think that uh, it's not particularly girly. It's really not. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting because I kind of, I, I just like, like we said earlier, like I kind of expected it to be like a frothier show and they're, they're taking on big topics. Every episode is a different kind of huge topic that has to do with women in this world. And, um, and it's all about their, their careers and their jobs and moving forward and moving sideways. And they, yeah, they are dating people, but that's not the point. Mm-hmm. It's really neat. <laughs> <laughs> it's neat. <laughs> it is like, it's just, it's just shocking that this show exists. I, I'm, I'm sure that this episode of this podcast is exceptionally boring because all we're doing is like raving about it. But I think the show is so refreshing and good. And I was crazy judgmental of the show because of the cold open. Cause that was the trailer for a while it was just them as the subway went by and screaming. And I was like, this is so dumb. This is so stupid. I was so judgmental. And then I heard it was well, good and I was horrified. Um, yeah, I, I uh, was a little judgmental because, um, the lead was previously on faking it, which was like kind of a questionable show. And then she moved, they snatched her up and she moved to like a very similar network. You know, she moved from MTV to Freeform. And I was kind of like, well, they just love her. And like, I, she's very, she's very pretty, but like in a non-threatening way. Mm-hmm. And that's why like casting directors love her as like a main character. And I think she's supposed to be like the audience's like, I don't want to say like introduction, but this is like, like if we, there are three main characters, but she is the main of the main characters, I think slightly oh, yeah, for sure. Just slightly. just slightly, even though I would argue that the other two have more exciting stories. I would say that Jane is definitely kind of yeah. the voice of the generation in the way, because there's, there's always supposed to be a character that is the like vessel to this world for the audience. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it's, it's Jane. It is. And Jane. so Sure. I was just, little, I was just a little skeptical of like her as a main character because it wasn't like the most exciting choice, and that's not any judgment like against her at all. Like I don't think she's a bad actor or anything, but yeah. So that's why I mean I was a little skeptical at first, but the show is so. Um, um, I mean, it's fun to watch, you know? So fun to watch. And I feel yeah. like I actually get something out of it. It's not one of those shows that's just really fun. 
but you, you know, and then you turn it off and it's, 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 you know, a frothy good time. It's, it's a show that has a lot to say and they do it in, in a very, um, digestible way. Yes. Digestible. Exactly. It's delicious. It's just yummy. Uh, I just want to eat it like popcorn. It's such a good show. I want to hear your impression of the lady who does the, like, last time on The Bull Type. Oh. <laughs> I was trying to, I was like, is that supposed to be a character? That's not a character in the show. Nobody's super British. Yeah, and then no. I was like, is well, that the, is that the editor of Cosmo? That's what I thought too. I was like, is she just like, is the person who inspired this show, like, a cool British, like, it sounds like Tilda Swinton to me. Yeah, it does. It and then. Really- the editor of Cosmo is very Silver Swinton-ish. Oh, wait. Um, is, is, the, is the person that this is inspired by, is this Joanna Coles? Yeah. Okay. I've seen Joanna Coles multiple times in person because she's the editor of one of the magazines that I've done luncheons for, and she is so fabulous. Yeah. No, she definitely is. She is a force. And she's like, always, like, and she's yeah. always hosting luncheons for, for women who are, you know, like it's, it's always like 30 under 30, 40 under 40, 50 under 50, the women who inspire us. And she's always stands up and is like, just, this is my favorite day of the year. Just look around you at how magical and wonderful it is. And she's always interviewing people and she sits like, like a swan. I mean, she's amazing. Jo- Joanna Coles, if you're listening, which I know for sure that you're not, I love you. I know for sure she is. Oh, Hey, <laughs> Hey, Hey Jojo. Um, okay, so my impression of the lady, it's like, it's very overdramatic. It's like, it's like, Kat is learning all about her special someone in the other room. I knew you'd be able to do it. <laughs> Jane is figuring out that loving yourself is like loving everybody else. Sutton <laughs> is working hard or hardly working. These are the women of the bold type. Uh- See what's going on this week on The Bold Type. Yeah, they never mention that it's an episode, too. They're always just like, these are the women of The Bold Type. <laughs> or like, or like, these women can do anything on <laughs> The Bold Type. <laughs> They're... She's like, these, these women have everything out in front of them because they are The Bold Type. <laughs> And that's the thing, like, the show has its really hokey moments like that, and I'm just like, oh, girl, no, 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 no. And then every single time that I'm like, okay, maybe the show is jumping the shark, they have some incredible plot line that just pulls me right back in. Right back Uh, in. I love the intro. It probably is Joanna Cole's. I I laugh every time I hear it, but I I love it. Like, I'm not laughing at it. can't get enough. Previously. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, it's always like, and Jacqueline knew that... (laughs) So it's like, like Jacqueline believes in Jane, but can Jane believe in herself? It's like it's like a can she become the bold type? <laughs> like insane! Oh my god, like that, that oh that makes me laugh. Oh, oh, it's great. And in the second episode, the previously on is clearly done by Jacqueline. She's like, "Hey, I'm Jacqueline, yeah. and I'm going to do the thing." And then somewhere along, they're like, "Could we make this a bit jauntier? Let's throw in a British chick." I want a whole episode where she narrates and, and the characters are like looking up in the air like, what? What's what happening? Something happens with Sutton and Oliver. Like he goes like, good job. And then it's like, let's see how Kat is doing. Shall we? 
And Sutton's like, what? Everybody's like aware that it's happening, but nobody actually addresses it. What if in like the season finale, that British lady appears on screen and she's just like, hello, Sutton. <laughs> I know yeah, everything about you. A benefactor or something. Oh, I don't for know. Sure. Um, uh, okay. So I have written down my top five favorite outfits. Oh my God. Oh, yes. Six. I'm ready. Let's hear it. I did not do this, but ugh, their outfits are great. Number one, everything that Sutton wears. Every single thing. <laughs> Those Mew Mew yeah. shoes, I was like, ugh, whatever. And then I saw that they had, like, diamond studs on the back. And I was like, girl, live my ugh. life. Just be ugh. me. She's beautiful. Her hair is perfect. Anyway. She's great. She's perfect. Um, Next. Um, okay. But specifically, she wears this light blue and white striped shirt that's cut like no other shirt I've ever seen in my life. It's got, like, a really long collar that are kind of, like, lapels. And they just, like go down the middle and then the um sleeves are like billowy like some sort of yes 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 yes. it's gonna be hard like describing all these outfits but like um no that's good i love that shirt i love it um jane they're doing something really interesting with her outfits in that like um she's she her normal like go-to is to dress like kind of like innocent like kind of like um, Peter Pan collars and, like, lace and, like, you know, ribbons. Um, and then she, like, hooks up with a uh, uh, pinstripe guy. Pinstripe. And she goes to work the next day and she's wearing, like, leather pants. So and, like, like, short shorts. Like, she wore, short, like, really short shorts at one point. I was like, girl, you're still at work. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that was, like, a romper. Um, uh, it was cute, though. I was still like, all right, I mean, you can pull it off. Yeah. Um, maybe because, like, it's a magazine. Like, there's... So, wait, what's your favorite thing that Jane wore? That's the actual thing you're trying to tell me, and I'm interrupting you about how she's how she's wearing shorts. No, I I put down her leather pants like that. Like for me, that was like the most memorable for her. Mm-hmm. Her um, hair is also beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm I'm down with her going back and forth between like these two kind of different styles yeah. or more. Like I'm cool with it. Um, also, Sutton has a, a jacket that's very um, like like fitted to her it's like cream and she has it zipped all the way up the whole time like that's probably like this is the shirt i'm wearing today <laughs> and oh yeah that was cool i loved that like i don't know how to describe it it's like she has like midriff showing um and it's just like it's really it's cut like it's almost like a motor jacket it's really cool and it's she like she has beautiful jackets actually across the board i love that like brown leather jacket that she wears over like that that florally dress yeah that's an awesome look yeah it's gorgeous um, Kay, uh, has, her name is Kat. Stop Kat, calling her Kay. Okay, sorry. Um, Kay, Kat, Kay, Kat also has beautiful hair. <laughs> they all have beautiful hair. Like, no bad hair anywhere. Never. Um, she has this two-piece outfit that's, like, a long kind of pencil skirt and, and a, like, a crop top that goes with it. And they're, like, it's, like, blue and orange and white. <gasps> and it looks really sporty. Ugh, she looked amazing in that. It's really cute. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she also has, oh, it was for like an, like a fancy, like evening event. She has this dress that's like silver, like kind of grayish. And, um, it, it, um, has a seam in the middle and it has a swoosh coming from like one side up to her shoulder. And then, ooh, sorry, this is my, and then another swoosh going down the opposite side. And it's, it was a really cool dress. Was that the one that she wore when they like screamed at the train? I'm not sure. Mm. I don't um yeah she no, always looks gorgeous they all I'll look gorgeous all the time i'll post pictures of all of these on instagram Woo-hoo. yeah, yeah. um side note 
they are showing a lot of midriff, and I just desperately hope that that's not a fashion that's coming back because I can't pull it off, and I don't want it to happen. <laughs> I mean, I'm wearing a crop top right now. That's that's awesome. So, I, but it's like a loose T-shirt from Forever Twenty One. It's not fitted at all. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really in right now in New York. They have been for a couple of years. Okay, that so. hasn't hit in LA yet. I hope I'm hoping it doesn't. Maybe it just will skip it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not, that's just not, it's not us, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not us. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, so, so, so 10 out of 10 for the bull type, yeah? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just, I, I'm probably not gonna, it's probably not gonna be a show that I keep up with like week to week. Like, I'm probably not gonna be like waiting for the episodes, but I'll probably let some go by and then, and then watch them all at once. Yeah. You know? Yeah, actually, I, when I was finishing episode six today, I was like, oh, I wanna keep going, but I knew it would confuse me. So <laughs> I'll wait. Um, yeah, it's a good show to kind of just like watch a few of in a row. Mm-hmm, they kind of all sure. they kind of blend beautifully be, um, together. Yeah. Mm. Um, so next week we are gonna Ari and I are both uh, in the middle of some pretty crazy things. I'm starting grad school tomorrow. Ari's in the middle of pretty intensive training. So we're gonna do a throwback. Um, so hopefully anyone who's listening has already seen these this uh, show quite a bit. We're going to do our long-awaited Boy Meets World moment. Um, we're going to talk about our... We're each going to make a list of our top five favorite, like, Boy Meets World moments. And um, we'll come together and, and see if we got any on the same. Do you want to do, like, episodes or, like, specific moments or... Moments are moments. probably easier to, yeah, to deduce. Cool. Um, and then, yeah, we'll see if we have any other top five Boy Meets World stuff. Yeah, we'll we'll be in touch, but that's kind of the big plan is we're going to talk about Boy Meets World. So if if you need to do a little bit of rewatching to see if you can think of what your top five Boy Meets World moments are, please do at this time. It'll be <laughs> awesome. And um, please, 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 if you like this uh, podcast, please go on to iTunes and rate and review it. If you don't like this podcast, I have no idea why you're still listening. That makes no kind of sense to me. Yeah, that's pretty weird, dude. <laughs> and we're on uh, in, we're on Instagram and Tumblr and Tumblr, both at girlwalksintoahighschool.tumblr.com and at girlwalksintoahighschool. Yeah. Nope. No girls walking around high school. On this one. No, that's because right. they're all grown ups. But it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're on a weird streak of like nobody in our last few episodes have walked into any high schools. We'll get back to it. I know we're coming back. There will be some girls who walk into high schools for Boy Meets World. Faux shizzle. Yes. <laughs> All right. Have a good rest of your summer, everybody. Woohoo. Bye. Bye.